Second Timothy 1 and John 17. Second Timothy 1 and John 17. In school you have books. This is our book for this school. And uh, you will be tested on this material also. <laughs> now you think I'm joking. <laughs> but you will be tested on this material. Not by me. But in life you will be tested on this material. How many know it's important whether you flunk out in life or not? We're not going to flunk. We're going to triumph over it all if we'll, if we'll do what the Lord tells us to do. Second Timothy 1. And uh, we'll read the 12th verse. Then we're going straight to John 17. Second Timothy 1, 12. Paul, by the Spirit of God, said, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. That sounds like faith, doesn't it? Believed and persuaded. That he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Notice the latter part again. For I know whom, or some translations say, in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Now, holding that thought in mind, look in John 17 now. John 17 and verse 3. John 17, 3, Jesus made this statement. He said, and this is life eternal. What is life eternal? This is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. What is life? Knowing God. That's life. Knowing God. That's eternal life. The Zoe God kind of life. Knowing God. You can see a correlation between these two scriptures, can't you? Paul said, I know in whom I've believed. And here Jesus said, this is eternal life, life eternal, that you would know God. Know Him. Well, you know, healing is a manifestation of life in the physical body. That's what it is. You know, healing is, is a manifestation of the Zoe God kind of life. That's what it is. Healing is a manifestation of life. Sickness is a manifestation of spiritual death. Of course, you get enough death and enough sickness in the physical body, it'll be dead physically. But sickness and disease has a, a force behind it, an energy behind it. It's the power and force of death. Sickness doesn't cause the body to be more alive. It causes it to be less alive. And kills and works death. But healing is a manifestation of the life that comes from God. Healing is a manifestation of spiritual life in the physical body. And what is this eternal life? 
What's the key to that? Knowing God. Knowing God. If you come to know God, you'll come to experience all that He is. And all that He has. To know God, as you've said, as you've heard it said, you know, to know Him is to love Him. Well, boy, that's true about God. To know Him is to love Him. And to know Him experientially is to experience blessing. How many can testify today and say that since you've come to know the Lord, you have known more life, more joy, more peace, more blessing, more thrill, more goodness than you ever knew before you knew Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Knowing healing is knowing God. Knowing prosperity is knowing God. Now you could twist that around and make me say something I didn't say, but do you understand the context in which I'm saying this? As you get to know Him and walk with Him and fellowship with Him, you will experience all that He is. You'll experience His will. And really, prosperity, healing, peace, victory, joy, etc., etc., these are all just benefits of walking with Him and knowing Him. And really, if we understood and were wise, we wouldn't just be seeking a healing or just be seeking some prosperity. We'd be wanting to know Him and know more about Him because... In knowing Him, we're going to know all these other things. The Lord told us specifically about material things, housing and provision. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. We ought to want to know Him. Know what His kingdom's about. Know what He wants done. What His plan and purpose is. I mean, just get absolutely absorbed and infatuated hopelessly infatuated with God. Do you know what I mean by that? You know, just have God on the brain. <laughs> that that's, that's, you know, we, that's all we talk about. It's all we think about. God in the morning. God in the noontime. God when the sun goes down. God, 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 God. Folks say, is that all you ever think about? We go, yeah, that's about it. It's about it. And if you hungered after God like that and sought God like that, you would come to know Him increasingly. And I'm telling you, that's what makes life worth living. This is life. This is life eternal that you would know God and Jesus Christ His Son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you know anything about the Word, I think you'd know, and about the subject of healing from the Word, you'd know that it's an absolute fact, a Bible fact, that your faith will make you whole. Is that true? Amen. Your faith will make you whole. It's a fact. Like we said, I've worked here at healing school for several years now. I've studied healing, studied healing. I teach a course on healing in the, the training center. And then teach healing, you know, virtually every afternoon through the week. Go out and hold meetings in churches and have healing meetings and teach on healing. 
Healing, 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 healing. And so certain things we've studied and taught on again and again, year after year after year. And I tell you, it's what, what I get more and more solid on all the time is your faith will make you whole. Amen. I know that sounds simple, but I mean, it's just the fact. That's it. Your faith will make you whole. Your faith. It's not up to God's will. It is His will that we all be healed. It's not up to God's power. God's power is more than enough for all of us to be healed. According to your faith. It'll be done unto you. And again and again, if you study the people that got healed in Jesus' ministry, again and again and again and again and again, some ten direct references in the four gospel accounts that he looked at people and said something along this line, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has saved you. As you believe, be it done unto you. According to your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith. That's where Jesus put the emphasis. That's where we should put the emphasis. So are you in agreement with me? That your faith will make you whole. Is that right? Our faith, and I don't care what's wrong with you now. I don't care how extreme it may seem to be, how hopeless it may seem to be from the natural. That makes absolutely no difference. All things are possible to him that believes. And I mean everything in the natural may say you can't be healed, may say it's too late, may say you have to die, but men don't know everything. Science doesn't know everything. And there's a God in heaven. And there's a God who lives in us. And there's a God with whom nothing is too hard or impossible. And if we can have faith, all things are possible to those that believe. So your faith will make you whole. But you know, what is faith, really? You know, we're in, you know, so-called word and faith circles. Are charismatic circles, and there's a lot of talk about the word of faith, the message of faith, faith, and probably a lot of you've got tapes and books on faith, and and you know maybe have faith stickers on your car and your church. We got a big faith shield on top of the building. I mean, faith. But you know the the more I'm around people, the more I realize how little people really know about faith. I mean, you can have a faith sticker on your car, your refrigerator, and your forehead. And that doesn't mean you live by faith. You can have everybody and their brother and sister and cousin's book, tape, series on uh, faith, but that doesn't mean that you're full of faith. And that doesn't mean you live by faith and walk by faith. What is faith? Well, you know, a lot of times people are ready to quote the definition of Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But you know, that's just one aspect of looking at faith. He goes on to tell you verse after verse after verse for the whole chapter of Hebrews 11 describing and showing you what faith is. Amen. Verse 1 is not the whole story. You understand, that that is a definition, and no question about that, that's a definition of faith, but that doesn't tell you everything about faith. If that would have been all that you need to know about faith, then the chapter 11 would have ended after verse 1. But I tell you something that you can see so clearly. If you'll go through Hebrews 11 and see every example that he gave of faith, How Enoch had faith, and Abraham had faith, and Joseph had faith, and David had faith, and on and on and on. If you go back and read the stories in the Old Testament accounts, there's one thing that's absolutely undeniable. These people who had faith knew something about God. 
they knew him to a degree. And you show me someone who has faith, and I'll show you someone who to a degree knows God. You show me someone who know, who has a lot of faith, and I'll show you someone who knows a good bit about God. You show me someone who has a little bit of faith, I'll show you someone who knows a little bit about God. And even though faith works the same in every area, faith has to be developed in each area. Just because you have faith to be healed doesn't mean you have much faith for finances and prosperity. Or faith for protection. Or faith for direction. You understand? Or faith for ministry. Faith works the same in every area, but it's got to be developed in each area. What that means is you've got to get to know God as your provider. Amen. And you've got to get to know God as your healer. Yes. And you get to know God as your, your protector. Yes. And as your director. Yes. Amen. Yes. You've got to get to know Him. In every area, and I'm telling you, God is so big, and He has so many different facets to His, and characteristics to His person, that we will never get to know all about Him in this life. And I suppose that in the ages to come, we'll continue to get to know more about Him. It's gonna be so exciting. My life is better today than it was in years past because I know Him better now than I did in some years past. And I'm fully expectant that my life's going to be better. Should the Lord tell is coming next year and the next and the next one because I'm going to know Him better. I'm going to know Him better. And this is life to know Him. It's life. It's life. Life itself. That's life itself. And you know, not just in the years to come, but in the centuries to come. And in the millennia to come. We're going to still be around. Oh, yes. And in 20 millennia from now. Do you think we'll know any more about God than we do now? Do you think we'll be experiencing more life than we are now? Oh, boy. Right. We, we can't imagine. I know this. It'll be good. It'll be good. And the Lord will reveal some things to it. The Bible said in Ephesians that in the ages to come, He's going to reveal and show to us the exceeding riches of His grace. Oh boy. It's going to take ages to do it. And we will, uh, we will sit and stand and live and walk and operate with Him and rule and reign with Him and He'll reveal of Himself to us and we'll go, ooh, ah, oh, whoa, wow. And he'll say, you like that? We go, oh yeah, yeah, that's something. And he says, you, you think this is a, yeah, yeah. He said, look at this. And he'll expose some more of his grace. And we'll all go, ooh, ah, wow. And that will never stop. That will never end. Never. Glory. 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 But you know, there's no need in us thinking, you know, too far down the road. Did you know you can know Him better by the end of today? By the end of today, you can know Him better, know more of Him and more about Him than when you woke up this morning. 
Now, I am not making any guarantees about how excited you will be before we get through with this. Now, you may get so excited that you burst the button on your collar uh, and, and jump up and down in your chair. I, I, I can't make any guarantees about that. But, I tell you, if you get excited about God, there's no way you can go wrong. Amen. If you're pressing in to get to know Him, it'll work out for your good and for your better you might say, well, Brother Keith, this is all fine and good and dandy, but I came here to be healed. I need to be healed. We're talking about healing, friend. We're talking about healing. To know Him is to know healing. To know Him is to know prosperity. To know Him is to know the answer to whatever problem. I tell you, I get excited when I think about Moses and how that he met God at the burning bush. You remember that? And he, uh, he said, to who will I say that I talk to and that's in me? He said, you tell them I am sent you. I am glory. Have you ever thought about it though? He am what? I am. I am. He am what? Well, he am too much to say in the book. You couldn't put it all in the book. <laughs> he is the creator. He is the sustainer. He is the redeemer. He is the provider, the protector, the healer, the deliverer, the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He is the resurrection, the life, the door, the shepherd. He is. He is. What do you need? He am it. Whatever you need. He am. Because He is. Glory. So, so whatever we need, we don't just need to get thing-minded, healing-minded. We need to get God-minded. Because we know everything we need is in Him. Everything. We need is in Him. So Lord, we want to get to know You and in knowing Him in His fullness, we will experience all of His blessings and all of His benefits. Thank You, Lord. So knowing Him is, is the key to life. To know Him is eternal life. But knowing Him, as we've also said, is inseparable from faith. Of course, you know faith's the key to healing. Your faith will make you whole. Faith's the victory that overcomes the world. But you can't have faith in God beyond the degree that you know Him. You can't. And Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. Now, boy, that, that's, that says volumes right there. Did you notice he didn't say, I know in what? I know in what? Did you know it's possible to know scriptures and not know God? It's possible to know principles and not know God. It's possible to know, you know, uh, steps and formulas and what have you and not know God. And not know God. Jesus said to some of the most religious people of his day, in John 5, you can read about it. He said, you don't have to turn there, but he said, uh, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me, and you won't come to me that you might have life. 
See, they thought they had it because they had the Scripture. They could quote the Scripture. Did you know the Pharisees were the word people of their day? I mean in the sense of letter of the word. They could probably outquote any four or five of us put together on the Old Testament. I mean, these guys, I mean, that's what they spent their whole life doing. Memorizing Scripture and all of the man-made commentaries on it. But I mean, they could, they could quote it right and left. And because they were intellectually acquainted with the Scripture, they felt like, well, we know God. But here is God manifest in the flesh in front of them and they didn't recognize Him. Wound up killing Him as a troublemaker. Didn't see, they didn't see this as God. You know, we ought to really be take, take note of that and take heed of that, shouldn't we? It's possible to be a Scripture quoter and a Bible toter and a tape player, meeting goer, and yet the Holy Ghost show up and we not know Him. Not recognize Him. It's not just Scriptures that we want to know and quote. We want to know God. Listen to me. We, we don't just worship the Bible. Think about it. My faith is not just in a book. I love this book. I reverence this book, read this book, study this book. But my faith is not just in this book. My faith is not just in those words. My faith is in the person who said those words. I reverence the book because I reverence the person. The person of God. Do you understand? That this, not just to look, never think of this book apart from the person. Somebody said these things. A person said these things. The person of God. We're not, you know, we're not just looking in this book for magic formulas. Not just do one, two, three, and you get four, five, and six. It's based on knowing Him. And as you know Him, and as He's real to you, you can talk to Him, and He'll talk to you. And what He said to you is real, and you'll trust Him to do what you know He said. It's a living fellowship with Him. Living. Living. You know, you can tell by the way people talk how well they know Him. The more you know about Him, there are just certain things you don't ask and you, certain things you don't say. You know, people that are talking about, well, I just don't know if God wants me to be healed or not. Well, you, you don't know him very well. If you did, you wouldn't even ask that question. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know if God's that interested in, in helping me make my payment or rent or, or whatever, or, you know, my utilities. I mean, I don't know if God's interested in that kind of thing that much or not. Well, you just don't know him. I didn't say you weren't saved. But you don't know him that well. If you read the first epistle of John, which is an excellent epistle to read in connection with what we're talking about, he says so much in that epistle, 1 John, about knowing God. 
I mean, you just see phrase after phrase about knowing God, knowing God, knowing God. We're going to get into some of these verses before the week's over, unless the Lord leads us another direction. About how if you know God, you'll do this. If you do this certain thing, then that means you don't know God. And he's not talking about people that's not saved. See, that'll help you to understand. So a lot of times people read that, well, they don't know God, that means they're not saved. That, no, that's, he didn't say they're not saved. So they didn't know God. Somebody said, well, it's the same thing. No, it's not the same thing. I said, it's not the same thing. Did you know you can meet somebody, but that doesn't mean you know them? You could meet somebody and shake hands with them and introduce yourself to them and them to you, talk with them for 30 minutes. Does that mean you know them? No. You've met them. You're acquainted with them. You might know a few little things about them, but that doesn't mean you know much about them. You can come down to the altar. You can give your heart to the Lord. You can receive Him and Him come into your life and meet Him. But does that mean you know much about Him? No. And you can even go to church and just live a nominal Christian life and not really have any personal fellowship with God. And you can go year after year and you're saved. If you died, you'd go home to be with the Lord. But does that mean you know God? doesn't mean you know Him well at all. And that is the principal problem when it comes to believing God. It's not enough just to know some scriptures. You got to know who said those words. You got to know something about his character and his person. And like Paul, he said, I know in whom I believed. I know him. I know. He said this. I know him. He'll do it. I'm persuaded that what I've committed to him, he'll take care of it. He'll keep it. Cause you know him. Cause you know him. I said, cause you know him. Cause you know him. And uh, there are a lot of people operating on second-hand information. <laughs> they they kind of know God vicariously through someone else. They're living a lot on other people's experiences with God. But you need to have your own. I said, you need to have your own. Go with me to John, if you would, the Gospel of John again. Maybe you're still there. Back to the fourth chapter, and notice something that's interesting here. John 4. In John chapter 4, Jesus spoke with a woman at the well here, and uh, was very effective in ministering to her. And She got excited about this living water that he was talking about. And she went back into her, her own town and testified about what who she had met in John 4:39 John 4:39 many of the samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified he told me all that ever I did now notice they believed on him why for the saying of the woman right which that's good and fine. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know indeed, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. 
heard him for ourselves. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Amen. You know so much, so much of what the Lord has helped me with and taught me and ministered to me. He taught me through Brother Hagin and through this ministry. And I so thank God for that. And so appreciate these people. But you know, if Brother Hagin quit teaching these things and started teaching something opposite to them tomorrow, which I don't expect that at all. I'm just saying if, if you know, if he did, I would keep teaching what I'm teaching. You understand? Why? Because I'm not just teaching these things because it's what he taught. Now, when I first heard him teach these things, I began to accept them and embrace them because I could see them in the Word and it sounded real to me. And you know, when you first start out, like we saw, because of her Word, they were believing. Is that right? And that's good and fine. But how many know you don't need to try to go like that uh, perpetually? You need to hear him for yourself. You can't live just off of other people's revelation. You know, when Jesus was tempted out in the wilderness, do you remember what he said? In responding to the enemy, what did he say again and again? It is written. Now, is he talking about personal revelation of the word? Something he knows? Well, he didn't say, well, now this is what Rabbi so-and-so teaches. This is what we believe down at the synagogue. Hmm? No, it is written. It is written. It is written. I know I was talking with a, a student one time of a seminary in their graduate studies. And they had had some higher education than myself. Uh, in some of these things. So I was interested to know if maybe there's something beneficial that I had missed out on. I was asking them about some things. And I asked them about some things relative to certain subjects. And I said, well, you know, what, what do you believe on that? What have you learned about that particular area? And they said, well, Dr. So-and-so says thus and so. But on the other hand, other Dr. So-and-so <clears throat> says uh, position two. But then Dr. So-and-so, third Dr. So-and-so, he says such and such, position three. And he gave me about five Dr. So-and-sos and their positions. I said, well, okay. All right. What do you believe? He said, well, I can see some merit in Dr. number one's position. But I can also see merit in Dr. number four's position. And I can see merit. And I begin to think, oh, brother. I mean, <clears throat> I hope you don't have to stand in this area anytime soon because you don't know what you believe. Really? Jesus did not stand in the wilderness and say, Rabbi so-and-so says. Do you know how far Brother Hagin says will get you? Some of you looking at me funny on that. You, maybe you thought that that was the key to heaven. I don't know. But that will not win your battles. That will not enable you to receive from God. Brother Hagin says. You know what that means in the spirit? For, for as you personally getting battles, winning battles, nothing. Rama believes. 
Some of you looking at me like I'm blaspheming or something. <laughs> Rhema believes. Brother Hagin. Now, don't misunderstand me. I respect Brother Hagin. I mean, I've already told you what his life and ministry has meant to my life. And you know that. Your life. But you cannot stand in the middle of your trial and say, Brother Hagin says. You can scream and howl all you want to. On the bed of sickness, Brother Hagin says that'll not bring you off. You can stand and look at all your bills on the kitchen table and say, well, Brother Hagin says. It won't pay a one of them. Now listen to me, listen to me. You can say the Bible says from an intellectual standpoint. And if you don't know for yourself... And if it's not real to you personally that God has told you that, you're not going to have victory. He told those people, he said, search the scriptures. In them you think you have life. But they are they which testify of men. You won't come to me. Now, sure, God's going to reveal himself to us by his spirit through his word. But it cannot be a dead letter. It's got to be something that has become real to you and you know who said that. Amen. You know the one, the person who said that. And you're persuaded about it, just like Paul. There's a huge difference between knowledge and faith. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, the 8th chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. There's something I've been saying for a few months here. It seems like I say it nearly every time I speak. A phrase. And you'll see something here from this verse about, about this thought. 1 Corinthians 8, verse 1 through 3. 1 Corinthians 8. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. He said, now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up. (laughs) Is that true? You know it is. Another translation says, knowledge makes arrogant. Knowledge. Knowledge. Now, When we say knowledge, are we talking about knowing God personally? No, we're talking about knowing something, not knowing someone. That's relationship. But just knowing something. As you get to feel like you know something, what happens to you? Puff. Puff. What happens when when you puff something? Hmm? Popcorn gets puffed up, doesn't it? Puffed. Well, human beings can get puffed, can't they? Puffed. Of course, anything puffed is light and fluffy. You don't want to be known as that light and fluffy person. Airy and unsubstantial. 
You don't want to be a cotton candy Christian. Great big multicolor fluff of stuff. But when it's a, you could melt the whole thing down, you don't have anything. You know some sermons are cotton candy sermons. They are. I mean, it's a great big multicolor fluff of stuff. You got hooping and howling and stomping and sweating and I mean, but when it's all, when you boil it all down, Monday morning, what can you live by? Off of it. How are you going to get through this physical attack? How are you going to get the money to pay your bills? How are you going to work out this relationship problem? I believe in shouting with the best of them. Don't you misunderstand me. But I, I believe in everything being substantial. Having some substance to it. Substance to it. He said knowledge does what? Puffs up. But charity edifies. Or builds up. Builds up. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. Builds up. He said, if, if any man think that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. Is that true? But if any man love God, the same is known of him. If you love God, God knows you. Now, we're talking about us knowing God, but how many would think it'd be, it'd bless you to think that an important leader knows you? Hmm? You know, we'll just, uh, we're here at the meeting, you know, of course, Brother Hagin's the patriarch around here. And if somebody asked, <laughs> asked Brother Hagin if he knew you, and he said, oh yeah, I know them. Yeah, like them. Would that bless you? Yeah, yeah. If the president of the largest, some of the largest corporations, you know, they asked them about your name and they said, oh yeah, I know them. Yeah, fine person. One of my best friends. That make you feel good? I mean, somebody in power knows you. I'm telling you what, if God knows you, in that sense, we're talking serious connections here. Is that right? You ever heard somebody say, I know somebody? Hmm? You heard the phrase in the world, it's not just what you know, it's who you know. If you live very long, you find that out to be true. That is true, my friend. It's who you know. There are certain places you can go that are exclusive. And unless you've got some kind of membership card or some kind of something, you can't even get in, you know. But if you know somebody, I mean, they may treat you like so much dust on the sidewalk. I said, what are you even doing around here? And you say, well, uh, Mr. So-and-so asked me to come by. Mr. So-and-so? Yeah. You know him? Oh, yeah. Hold on just a sec. They go talk on the phone. And you see them over there going. (laughs) 
and come back out and say, I'm so sorry. We didn't know that you knew Mr. Sorry. Please, come in. It wasn't your looks that got you in. It wasn't your brains that got you in. Right? It wasn't your money that got you in. What got you in? You knew somebody. I said you knew somebody. You knew somebody. Do you know that heaven, uh, it won't, it won't even, God the Father won't even respond to your prayers. If you come in your name. You can pray yourself tired. <laughs> you come, you can come before the throne of grace by faith and prayer and say, this, this is Keith. There's Keith coming here. <laughs> I want to talk to the Father and ask him some things. This is from Keith. <laughs> no opening, no entrance, no access. But if you say, I come in the name of Jesus. This is Keith coming in the name of Jesus. And you love God and you have faith in Him. What did he say? If a man or woman loves God, he knows them. If you're coming in Him, He knows you, He acknowledges you. He acknowledges you. Oh, what a thought to know that God who sits on the throne, creator and sustainer of heaven and earth, knows you. Knows you and knows me. Well, God can do anything. I mean, He can work out any problem you have, supply any need you have, heal any problem you have. All you got to do is go in and talk to Him about it. Do you know him? Y'all are looking at me funny now. Do you know him? So you can go in and talk to him about this. You say, Father, uh, now how many know if you're talking to a dignitary, it's not appropriate to just go in there and just hit them with what you want. I mean, right off the bat, that's, that's rude. Tell them how much you're glad that, that you, they let you come see them in their office. I don't mean in a false, flattering way, in a genuine way. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Amen. Worship him. Thank him. Let him know how much you appreciate everything he's already done for you. Acknowledge your blessings. And in the course of your conversation, you can say, Well, Father, you know, you already know this, but... Uh, again, I'm so glad to be here. I just so I'm just so glad to be here that you would take notice of me. Let me come right here to the throne. It's really nice around here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That you let me in through the gates and everything. I appreciate that. And Father, you, of course, you already know this, but you know the doctors told me that I got a I got a problem. I got a sickness, disease. They say it's a real, real problem. But of course, uh, it's not a problem to you. <laughs> I'd like to get you to fix that for me. Would you fix that for me, Father? Thank you. I knew, I knew you would. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. 
And that's it. Amen. So I said, well, that sounds funny. That's it. That's it. That's it. How I many of us, when somebody's in charge and authority, powerful, and they can just look at you and say, oh, I'll take care of that boy. I'll make a, I'll make a call. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll send you a little draft in the bank. Don't be fine. Don't worry about it. I mean, you know that they're worth billions. I mean, they know the rulers of 25 countries personally. You know, I mean, they, uh, they can do it. Well, I'm telling you, we know the one who made the mountains and the stars and the oceans and made the body. Well, if that's so, and it's so simple, and it's so easy, then why do people have so much trouble with it? Why? Because there are people that pray, but seeming without results. You know, Brother Hagin's teaching in the mornings about steps to answered prayer. That's excellent, wonderful. But there's people that pray and, and don't get results. And there's people that, that know a lot, they think. And are pretty puffy. I've dealt with people before, one, like I said, we've done this for years, and dealt with people one-on-one before, you know, and uh, begin to, they tell me their problem, I begin to share the word with them, they say, I know that. <laughs> share something, well, I know that too. <laughs> share something, well, I know that. I know that. Anybody ever told you, I know that. I know that. Even kind of get sarcastic with you, you know what I mean? Well, now look, I, I am not Ned in the first reader, okay? I, I have been in this for a while. <laughs> Years ago, I had a fella, I was talking to him, this has been, uh, this has been over ten years ago, in healing school, I was talking to the guy, and he was a good bit older than myself, and uh, he told me his problem, and I shared some word with him, and he finished the scripture for me. And he said, I know that. Been knowing that for 20 years. I started to share something else with him. He finished that scripture too. He said, I know that. I know that. And after a while, he said, he said, look, young man, he says, uh, these things you're telling me, I, I've, I've been knowing them for years. Uh, you know, I was, I was following Brother Hagin's ministry while your mom was still changing your diaper. <laughs> so I know these things. I know these things. I know these things. Now, I mean, no, you don't say everything you think. You, you may think some things, but you don't say everything you think. I had some thoughts. I, <laughs> this is one thought I had. I, I thought, well, if you know so much, and you've been knowing it for so long, how come you here talking to me, trying to get help in a situation? You know, some people, are, they ought not to tell how long they've been around something. I mean, to have as little evidence of it in their life as they do, and as little fruit and victory as they do, they ought to be ashamed to tell somebody how long they've known something, how long they've been around, instead of bragging on it. But can you see that knowledge does what? Puffs up. 
And if any man or woman thinks that they know something, they don't know anything yet as they ought to know it. We are beings of such few days. Even if you've been alive for 80 years, that's nothing. That's nothing. God's been around. <laughs> Is that right? From eternity past. I, sometimes it really humbles you, you know, to realize how much smarter God is than you. <laughs> when you, re, you really get a glimpse of it once in a while and you think, huh, you wonder how he can enjoy your company, you know? <laughs> because compared to him, we must be dumb as a post. I mean, just slow and dull. it. Let's say you have several doctorates in literature. You're an accomplished writer, prolific with prose and poetry and have written voluminous articles. And here's somebody that that, that just wanting to fellowship with you. They're working on their alphabet. (laughs) A, B, C, D. What comes after D? What comes after D? Would that be stimulating to you? <laughs> There's, I mean, that's, that doesn't even touch the gulf between our knowledge and God. Doesn't even touch it. <laughs> so if any man thinks he knows something, he doesn't know anything yet. Like he ought to know it, and like he could know it, and like he ought to know it. But if any man loves God, now that's what touches the Father's heart. Did you know on your best day, you cannot impress God with your knowledge? (laughs) On your best day, (laughs) God will never listen to your wisdom and think, wow. <laughs> never never you can't think of something he's never thought of right you can't say it in a better way so what's what will it endear us to him the fact that we love him and believe in him Amen. Look to Him. The fact that we love Him, that means so much to Him. And if we love Him, He knows that. And if we love Him, He knows us. And He acknowledges us. Remember the Lord Jesus Himself said, If you acknowledge me and my words before men down here, I will acknowledge you before my Father. And before the angels. My, do we know what that means? Do we know? In, in heaven. For God to look at you. And the master, the Lord Jesus. To call you and say this is one of mine. I know him. He knows me. And acknowledge you and I. Before the father. And before the angels. That we know him. That he knows us. 
But just knowledge of things and principles and just knowing things is not enough. It's knowing Him. I said it's knowing Him. So many times I've talked to people again and again. They talk, well, I know this. I, I know uh, that by stripes we're healed. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And I know that we have authority in Jesus' name. And I know this. And I know that. And I know the other. And they feel like, I know all this. Why am I still having trouble? Well, it's not a matter of what you know. I said it's not a matter of what you know only. Remember those seven sons of Siva? <laughs> they knew the formula. Come out in the name of Jesus. They heard Paul use it. They, and they saw it work. And they thought, aha! Aha! This is it! What do you do? You know, did you write that down? Yeah. Come out in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Seven of them. Let's go over it again. How is that? Come out of him in the name of Jesus. Somebody said, no, he said, shut up before he said that. Oh, that's right. Shut up and come out of him in Jesus' name. So they practiced it. Shut up and come out of him in Jesus' name. Shut up and come out of him in Jesus' name. Shut up and come out of him in Jesus' name. Shut up and come out of him. And then they found him a demon-possessed man. <laughs> and they hit him with the formula. Pah! <laughs> and then he hit them. Pah! Why? He said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? See, they, they, they knew the formula, but they didn't know the Father. I said they knew the formula, but they didn't know the Father. Think about it. They knew the formula, but they didn't know the Father. Didn't know the Father. Didn't know the Father. I tell you, there's been a real tendency in word and faith and charismatic circles on formulas. And we've had tons of teaching, and that's good. We need it, and we're going to continue to need teaching. But you have to watch when you just get teaching, 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 teaching. You can become heady, intellectual, and all the emphasis on what I know, what I know, what I know, what I know, what I know. Well, if I know enough, I'm going to make it. If I know, I got to know enough. I got to know enough. You will never know enough. You will not. That's why the only way you're going to make it is to know Him who knows everything. Because you're never going to know enough of... How many know? You don't know the future. You don't know about everything that's going on in any, any given situation at any time. We know in part. Even when you think you know a lot, you still just know part. And God's going, He's not going to reveal everything to us. He's not going to show us everything. Because if He did, then we would be walking in knowledge and sight, not faith. 
And I'm telling you, if you are successful, you're just going to have to make it a practice that on a regular basis, you fall in the floor and put your nose in the carpet and say, God, I don't know. I don't know. But I know you. And I'm looking to you. And I'm depending on you. And I'm trusting in you. The doctors don't know. The lawyers don't know. The accountants don't know. My spouse don't know. I mean, the kids and the dog don't know. They're wondering about me, Lord. But, oh, God, I know you. I know you. I know you're with me. I know you love me. I know you will see me through this. I know you will. I know you will get me through this. I know in whom I believe. I'm persuaded. I'm giving this to you, Lord. And I know you're going to take care of it. I know it. I know it. I know it. That's not knowing what. That's knowing who. That's knowing who. Oh, can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Knowledge puffs up. Faith, love, rather, builds up or edifies. If you love God, the same is known of Him. If you love God, He knows you, and you're getting better acquainted with Him all the time. And the more you know Him, your faith is just rising up automatically. You can't trust somebody you don't know. You can't trust someone any more than you know them. Think about it now. You're coming out of the bank. Just withdrew a thousand dollars. And you know, you don't know that anybody's standing around there and you step outside the steps there and you got this money in your hand and you're kind of talking out loud to yourself under your breath. You're thinking, well, I don't have to. I need to take this over to such and such, but I don't have time. I need to go to this other place. And you look up and there's a guy standing beside you. And he said, I couldn't help but overhear that you're pressed for time. And I would be glad to drop that off for you if you need me to. I'm going by there anyway. You don't know him. You never met him. Are you going to just hand him your money and trust him to do it and have faith in him? You can't. I said, you can't. I mean, he or she might look like an okay person, but there's no way you can have faith in them. I said, there's no way you can, because you don't know them. And you cannot have faith in God beyond the degree that you personally know Him. Brother Hagin might know God, but that's not going, that's not going to do it for you. Your pastor might know God, but that's, that's not going to cause you to be victorious. What do you personally know about him? Well, the more you know him, the more you'll trust him. And it just becomes increasingly automatic. You just, you do, the more you know him, you just trust him. Some things are just understood. And you don't ask questions that you used to ask because you're learning more about him all the time. Now, we're going to close here in just a moment. And I really didn't get into hardly anything that I intended to. This is just the introduction. But uh, I want you to understand that knowing God is inseparable from having faith. If you know God well and closely and intimately, then you will have a strong, solid faith. And it's not just what you know. 
And it's not just knowing Him through other people's experiences. That's fine. That can excite you. It, it can bless you to hear other people's experiences uh, with God. But, but you've got to know Him for yourself. You've got to hear Him for yourself and know Him for yourself and believe in Him for yourself. Man, it does you such a world of good when you know that God will hear my prayer. Not my prayer plus half the church. My prayer. Just me. I can believe and have faith and God will respond to me. You and who? Just me. Because He knows me. And He will hear me. And He will respond to me. And as you grow in that, you not only will you be blessed, but you'll be a blessing to a lot of other people. Because when somebody knows something about God, it's, it's undeniable. I mean, there's such a security that comes with that. Such a stability. You don't always feel, you're not always trying to prove something to everybody. You know, you're not always trying to show off or demonstrate anything. Why? Because you know Him. And you know you know Him. And you know who to talk to. You know who can fix it. I said you know who can fix it. Glory! Just go to the source. Instead of talking to everybody and their brother and sister about it, just just go to the source. Go right straight to the top. You have an open door access to have audience with Him anytime because of what Jesus has done for us. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.